0: It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome, everybody. I am super excited. Uh, For a very, very long time, I have been dismayed, I guess, for lack of better terms, about the public education system. And here in the great state of Arizona, we rank somewhere, I believe, either 48th or 49th in public education or in education. And that's alarming. Uh, But my guest today is Robert Bortons. Robert Bortons, uh, his passion is to help people fulfill the gift that God has given them. He is the CEO of Classical Conversations. And we're going to find out what Classical Conversations is all about. He's got a kind of an interesting story how he evolved into being the CEO at Classical Conversations. But Classical Conversations equips parents to educate their children using timeless tools of learning within the current culture. Uh, I happen to have some friends who use the Classical Conversations system, and what they teach is amazing. Uh, and it's really what the public system, I think the public school system could uh, maybe learn from, and and it's an amazing system. Either way, Robert Bortons, welcome to the show.
1: Welcome. Excited to be here and just to tell your audience a little bit about uh, what we know about education and as well as, you know, share our story and uh, just uh, have a good time together.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's start from the beginning. Tell us about Classical Conversations and how this all started.
1: Yeah, well, my uh, I will try to give you the short version. Um, my mom and my dad both have aerospace engineering degrees from the University of Michigan. My mom is nine years younger than my dad. And when they met, she realized that she had study skills or he had study skills that she didn't have. And so she's kind of been on this lifelong quest for what? What? Why? Because the world tells her that she's smart. You know, she's worked on NASA projects. She's worked for Boeing. Um, so she decided to homeschool uh, her children, and um, through that, she really discovered that my dad had had a classical education, and she did not. And unfortunately for me, she didn't figure that out until I was uh, in middle school. Uh, so I'd been homeschooled up to then, and they had. So she decided to start a classical education high school program. And uh, so in 1997, it was myself and 10 other students, uh, we got together and uh, discussed history and science and math and learned Latin and read the great books together. And from those 11 students uh, in 1997, fast forward uh, to 2002, I'm at college, Clemson University, studying industrial engineering I get a phone call from my mom and she goes hey your dad's thinking about buying you a car because you don't have one and you're you know out of state said but instead he quit his job Uh, (laughs) we're not paying for any more tuition figure it out I'm going to see if classical conversations can be a real business and so I immediately (laughs) went to the co-op office um, and said hey I don't have any money for tuition next semester can I get a co-op job. I got the highest paid co-op job that you could get because my resume from high school was two pages long of actual engineering work that I was able to do because I had that flexibility of being homeschooled. And so I worked as an engineer in high school for a local company. Um, And I paid for school myself. I rented out closets. I slept on the top of high school students' bunk beds. I slept in my car for a month. Um, While my mom was trying to uh, build this business up and really just, um, so everything worked out. And in 2012, after six years of working as an industrial engineer, um, my mom asked if I'd come help her lead the business. At that point, we had about 49,000 students and 30 employees. Uh, We sit here today, we're expecting to be around 125, 130,000 students worldwide uh this fall uh we are in about 50 countries uh we have nearly 150 employees now and um we've just been real blessed to really create a program a system that parents can implement with multiple children and it follows the natural learning that children go through and um just a real fun community uh to build each other up on days where it might be tough to homeschool
0: sure sure all right so here you are you're in the public school system and all of a sudden your mom says hey we're going to start this new program and i'm going to start homeschooling you is that what it is
1: no i was homeschooled the whole whole way oh, through, the whole time. okay the whole time so after my parents graduated we were homeschooled the whole time okay but when i was in middle school they didn't know what to do next because they didn't know necessarily how to homeschool through they weren't sure if they were going to homeschool through high school or not so Like everyone, they kind of looked at some private schools, public schools, talked to headmasters just to see what was out there. And that was when they decided uh, my dad encouraged my mom just to start her own program.
0: Wow. Okay. And so uh, your mom starts this program, call it Classical Conversations, with you and 10 other students. Yeah. And and that was what, 1997. Uh, We fast forward and we have how many students now?
1: Uh, we're expecting over 125, maybe 130,000 this fall. Wow, that's
0: amazing. And so I want to talk about this real quick because you mentioned this already. So one of the things that you guys study is Latin. Right. And I heard this and I'm going, why would you study Latin? And then, of course, <laughs> you know, uh, Latin is used in medicine and it's used in legal and, and maybe some other disciplines as well. But Latin is, is kind of a, a weird subject for high school students for, for students to learn in general. And you guys, and, I, and then what's interesting is you guys don't start studying Latin like in high school. You guys, in classical conversation, you start studying it almost right away, right?
1: Yeah, my six-year-old is has uh, been in CC for two years. And so she's been starting to study the Latin grammar. And so, yeah, we study it for 12 years. Uh, start with just the Latin grammar with the young students to uh, translating the Aeneid uh for our 12th graders okay um, and so yeah why so, study latin what so was why the... study latin well there's a couple of things one it teaches you logic mm. because of how latin is structured it forces your brain to structure itself logically uh, which of course we're missing a lot of that in today's debates uh you can see in the political sp- and government spectrum Yeah. Uh, yeah. As well as it's the foundation for so many other languages um, that are the romantic languages, such as Spanish, all of these derived from Latin. And then the other thing is, hey, technology is a big thing. Guess what? If you're a computer programmer, you better understand logic and how languages work. And so if you've studied Latin, you know, and you want to go work for a cryptocurrency company or. Uh, Tesla or an Apple, and you've got Latin on that resume and understand how languages work and programming languages, then you're going to have a leg up. Um, Our chief information officer here at uh, Classical Conversations, he knows 40 different programming languages. And so if you have a Latin background, programming languages don't change. They change often. Latin doesn't change. But once you learn those logical structures, um, as the programming languages change and move, you're able to adapt faster. And so as we see the business space moving faster and faster, those who have Latin in their background are gonna have a leg up on the rest of society.
0: Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. And 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 when people hear about homeschooling, like I love the the idea of homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Uh but I'm thinking man back when my kids were young I don't know if I have the patience <laughs> <laughs> for homeschooling because it, it you know patience is to me is a skill right and so right. it's one thing to say hey Robert uh, you know learn this stuff and that's great but you know if you're just if you have one kid that's fairly easy but if you have two or three or four and they're in different grades and they're going mm-hmm. in different directions. I could see a parent saying, Oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. So how right. do you guys work with that?
1: Yeah. So the great thing about our curriculum is written by homeschooling moms and dads for homeschooling moms and dads. So a couple of things that we do is our first through or kindergarten through sixth grade program is the basics are all the same. So whether you're in sixth grade, third grade and first grade, If you have all three kids in those grades, they're all doing the same basic material on a weekly basis. And then, hey, the sixth grader maybe is writing a paragraph about the science experiment versus the third graders maybe just drawing a picture of it. And the kindergartner was just sitting there watching the two older siblings do it. Um, And so that's part of it is how we've structured our program. And then as they get into the middle school and high school age, students really become uh, self teachers. They learn themselves. Um, So what we do is really help the parents show them how to impact and provide uh, the students with the ability to educate themselves. So we wanna create lifelong love of learning and lifelong learners. And so by the time, so we really help the parents do that. So the parents aren't having to answer hard questions about, uh, say, uh, physics. But we teach the parents how to ask the right questions and and, and impact the students so that they know how to go find that answer for themselves. So it's really making the parents understand what questions to ask um, their older students. And so, you know, if you're pulling a kid out for the first time, and maybe you don't have that relationship built up, or, you know, we're all sinners, Uh, We all have our faults, you know, of course, patience is a big thing um, to do, you know, work on that relationship at first, because, you know, that's a big part of homeschooling. You know, if you start young, you kind of get some of that benefit, Um, but there's always going to be tears, headbutting, such everything like that. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, But that's why our, like our secret sauce is our community. So you're not doing this alone. One day a week at Classical Conversations, you'll get together with a group of parents, one of them we've trained uh, in our methodology to train other parents, and you and your students get together with them in a small group of about six to eight students, typically, and uh, go over the curriculum that you're going to be doing that next week. Um, and then for the older students, you do some review of the previous week, and the parents don't necessarily have to be there. But that makes it so that you have this community of people who are like, hey, little Johnny, is acting up this way you know someone else like oh you know my kid had that same experience and this is what we did to fix it um so you got that group of people who are you know working on that same curriculum with you but also doing life together and so when you have those oh i just you know want to wring my kid's neck like uh (laughs) you know bart simpson or something moment which we all have right um you know you're able to go get some uh resources and some help just from a friend because a lot of times you know even my wife and I sometimes, you know, get at each other and, you know, it's always good to have a group of people who are trying to achieve the same goals that you are, that you're able to, you know, just uh, bounce ideas off of.
0: Sure, sure. All right. And, and, and one of the things I, I want to also uh, bring up is Classical Conversations program has a Christian theme I don't know if it's I don't know how how explicit it is or is it just an underlying theme? Talk about talk about this.
1: Yeah. So we come at education from a biblical worldview, a Christian worldview. And so you don't have to be a Christian uh, to use our program. We have people of all sorts of faiths and backgrounds uh, that use it. Uh, but we're going to look at the world and think that it's orderly, that it was created by someone who loves us. And that's how we're gonna approach these subjects. And we're gonna say that, hey, um, if the world was created by someone who loves us, we're gonna be able to know it. And if we know the world around us, we're gonna be able to know our creator. And so that's really kind of the worldview that we're gonna do in community as we're discussing. And of course, for the younger kids, it's not quite as obvious because you're not having worldview discussions with, you know, five and six years old. But, you know, when they get to 10th, 11th, 12th grade, um, you know, they're going to look at these subjects and say, you know, wh- you know, what does the Bible say about this? Or how could this reflect God's love for us? Um, and so it's just kind of incorporated into our everyday conversations. We don't have a separate Bible class. Like we don't necessarily say, hey, you know, we're going to get together and study the Bible. You know, we believe that that's the church's responsibility. Uh, but we also think that um, if God created the world. Uh, then everything in it can tell us something about them and we can learn something about the world, knowing God's nature. And so that's really um, what's uh, woven into all of our curriculum.
0: Yeah. And I think that's great. I I'm a big fan of that. I think that that's one of the things that's missing from our society is uh, we forget sometimes uh, who created us, where we came from. And, and you have people who get lost They they, they, again, they forget that connection and you know when i was growing up you know public prayer in school was a thing and then of course uh that got uh uh, what's the word that got legalized out or whatever and and, um, and i understand why they did it but it's just one of the things uh not to get too deep into the spiritual but i think this is one of satan's tools for lack of better terms you know and so yes uh for a legal reason Public, uh, public uh, prayer was eliminated, and, and, but I think it's just one of those threads that has been removed, and I think that as a society, we've suffered for that, because again, it's, it's something that we forget about, and, and uh, I, I think we,
1: you see ahead. this in truth, like you hear the term now, hey, live your own truth, or what's true for you is not true for me. Um, when you have an education system that has just it's abandoned the idea that there is ultimate truth that could be known, right. it just doesn't it's simply the underlying philosophy of our government schools is there is no truth to be known. And so when you put a child into that system, even though, hey, two plus two equals four is great, um, you know, but why is that true? Or now they ask questions like, how do you, how does that make you feel? You know, um, hey, you know, we're now eliminating AP courses in Virginia and California for math, because math is racist. So it's like, okay, like, let's, let's try to educate our children in a way that is going to make their lives full and able to really achieve their God given gifts uh, in a way that um, that that makes their lives uh, fulfilling, um, and not uh, just negating and saying, if truth doesn't exist, then what's the point of education and of course we see that in our scores our national test scores going down Our ranking it of education compared to other countries going down because we start with the philosophy that truth doesn't matter and it doesn't exist
0: sure you know it's funny uh, listening to you reminded me i guess whenever it happened four or five years ago when when bruce jenner was awarded woman of the year you know how <laughs> You know, you know, we're heading for trouble when a man, former man, whatever you want to use, transgender, whatever, becomes woman of the year. And it's just like, that right there to me tells you how messed up our society has become or is becoming. And, and, and it's yeah. important. I think that one of the great things about uh, – having this homeschooling environment is that you as the parent are able to instill these truths into your children and also protect them from, uh, you know, fr- from a lot of, let's say, negative
1: influences. Uh, you know, Yeah you've got to understand, like they say, well, children are going to learn about this. Let's expose them as early as possible. Well, that's not, it's not the way the brain develops. That's not the way that suits children best. What suits children best is to give them information at the level that you can give it to them. So, um, you know, from a biblical standpoint, right. We teach little children about Noah's Ark and Daniel and the lion's den, and, you know, David and Goliath, very simple stories to give them a very simple theology, um, versus, you know, as an adult, right. You should be, you know, if you're a Christian, you're in a Bible study and digging deep and like, where's this referenced and where's that reference. Right. And if you gave that, um, Deep meat to a child right away, you know, it wouldn't necessarily make a lot of sense to them. So the important thing with all of that is, is they're just trying to make, they're trying to normalize it uh, by giving it to children younger and younger. Um, these ideas that aren't necessarily healthy uh, for them, and is not necessarily going to produce a flourishing culture.
0: Sure, sure. I'll, I want to go back to, to what you said in the beginning, where Classical conversation teaches children in, in a natural format. And I want you to expand on that a little bit, because uh, what does that mean that, that when you say that you guys are uh, uh, using the natural way that children learn? Expand on that, if you would.
1: Sure. And it's, it's called the classical method. And so if you've had children, you know that they don't mind reading the same book over and over again. You know, they have their favorite book that they want daddy or mommy to read to them every night before you go to bed. They watch a TV show and they memorize the theme song right away. Um, So their brain, as they're learning new new words, right? They're learning about the world around them. Their brain in the development is just great at memorizing. And so um, the public schools, you'll hear them say, rote memorization is boring, rote memorization is bad, Um, versus a classical education says, Oh no! Rote memorization is good. It uh, it is fun when you make it fun. Now you can make anything boring, or you can make anything fun, right? So make it fun. You know, we play games. So we have our students every single year memorize twelve hundred different facts across six different subjects. Wow! And so um, we just uh, so they memorize from you know science terms, you know history points, points of history, uh, math terms, and we don't expect them to understand it because their brain shouldn't. Um, But one of the problems that we have with science, you know, STEM in our country, science, technology, engineering, and math, is we're trying in the older grades to teach children two ideas at the same time. They don't know their multiplication tables, and now you're throwing in X or I or N. Right, Right? and they're like, I don't understand algebra. It's like, no, you don't understand. The problem with algebra is you didn't understand multiplication. Versus my five-year-old can give the multiplication tables one times one through fifteen times fifteen. Wow, she doesn't know what that means, right? And but I say, hey, what's four? Give me the fourteen multiplication tables, and she'll go fourteen times one to fourteen times fifteen and give me all that information. I ask her for the periodic table. My chemistry class at Clemson University. Freshman 101 chem one, if you knew the periodic table, if you had that memorized, you probably would have gotten a B in that class just from taking the tests. Wow. Like our seventh, our 10 seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds, they memorize the periodic table. Do they know what any of those things mean? No. But when it's time for chemicals and interactions and those things start happening in higher level chemistry, they're not trying to learn, you know, the weights, the atoms, you know, the symbols, because they've already memorized it when they're young. And so that's what we do for the young students. Starting in middle school, uh, kids start asking why a lot and they start becoming going through puberty and that starts the brain through another process. And so through that process, we really start getting those memory pegs that they've learned and start comparing them. So we call that the logic stage where, hey, if this is happening over here, well, why not this over here? And so that's called the dialectic or logic stage and we start Uh, using that brain mentality in middle school. And then finally, in high school, uh, we use uh, the rhetorical skills. So you hear, you know, public speaking is uh, more fearful by Americans than death itself. Right. Um, Our students do public speaking for 12 years, um, and they do that in the classroom. They get up, they defend their ideas, they present their ideas. Um, In 12th grade, uh, they're leading the seminars themselves, and they have... Uh, we have mock trial, I think, for our 8th or ninth graders. Um, so we do all of these things to get them to express their ideas verbally, um, combat them, uh, test them out against other ideas. Um, and we use that, you know, taking the best material from our past, from our history, and getting that in front of them, getting them studying those ideas, and then uh, having robust discussion around it.
0: And it- and I think that one of the key things I picked up on there is the discussion, the the the, the fact that you're teaching them not only how to lo- use the logic, but also how to defend their position, whether whatever position, uh, and this is one of the things I learned in high school in debate is, mm-hmm. you know, the, the teacher would assign you different positions and and sometimes you would receive a position that maybe you weren't a hundred percent, uh, uh, alignment with yeah align with thank you but you had to do that and because you're going through this process uh it would teach you how to defend even a position that maybe you didn't like or it would better uh you know it would better solidify the, uh, the position that you did like or whatever but bottom line is um this is something that again that you see that has been uh especially in social media and you know there are a lot of people who will put forth an opinion and since they cannot defend it they start attacking people personally they attack you know they they use profanity they use all forms of attack because they cannot defend their position and 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 this is something that again as adults it's one thing to uh what do you call it to to have a position there's nothing wrong with that but if you can defend it with uh let's say kindness with civility then you come across as a very intelligent individual, as opposed to, you know, that person is dumb because they don't believe what I believe.
1: Right. And, yeah. And our partisan divide just keeps getting more, yeah. more one way or another. And a lot of that is due to not having debate, not having that public speaking skills, not having that logic, because oftentimes left and right agree that the problem agree on the problem, but not the solution. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it, And we don't even see eye to eye that there's a a problem on a lot of things these days. So it's, I don't know, for me personally, I always want to be as closely aligned with what's true as possible, because I think that will give me the best chance of having a flourishing life, um, loving my wife and children, uh, and doing what I'm put on this earth to do. And so, you know, for me, I don't ever want to come in with like my ideas 100% right, because I know... Very rarely in my life have I ever been a hundred percent right. There's always something that I don't quite see and that I can improve upon.
0: Yeah, I, and I think that's, I think that's uh, a, again to me that, that's a sign of somebody who's open to, uh, you know, receiving more information. And, and when you when you come across when you have that thought that hey I, I'm not always hundred percent right, uh, then again uh, you know uh, it, it's not uh, a headbutting situation. And then back to what you're saying, uh, ultimate truth. There there is ultimate truth in the universe. And the closer we align to that ultimate truth, you know, the more clarity we have for our family and our business and our life. Okay. So let's talk about this real quick. Uh, I'm homeschooling. and, And so how do I prove to the state that my children have achieved a certain grade level or how does that
1: work? Well, each state has different uh, regulations. Um, I'm not quite familiar with the ones in Arizona, um, but most of them have, uh, like in North Carolina, I'll speak to that because that's where I'm from. At the beginning of the school year, you send them a notice that you're intending to uh, homeschool. Uh, They don't approve it or disapprove it. You just send them a notice. um, And then you have to uh, educate them for 180 days. So you keep a calendar of those days that you homeschool. And then you have a end of grade testing requirement. And that's uh, a nationally normed test. There's five or six of them. Um, Some of them are used in our public school system. Some of them aren't. Um, And then you take those tests. And so for that, um, it's usually just uh, so as long as you're doing those things, the the end results don't necessarily uh, matter um, in that in like Florida, you can either do an end of grade test or get an assessment from an approved uh, 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 teacher, a certified teacher. Um, And in some states, you don't have to do anything. So uh, each state has uh, different regulations around uh, education.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So, and I love that. So again, using North Carolina as the example, you just send in this notice, this is what I'm doing. Great. I love the idea of of the power that homeschooling gives parents, right? You're able to, uh, again, it gives you so much power and also so much flexibility because if it's 180 days, uh, one of the things that I know some homeschooling parents do is they will they travel together and they homeschool along the way, yeah. which yes. I think is fantastic. I mean, it, again, I always think of if you could uh, – not only study history, but walk through it, like the original 13 colonies, and you're able to kind of, you know, visit some of these original 13 colonies. Talk about bringing history to life. And
1: yeah, you can do it like, a, I mean, we're on the East Coast. So if we want, if we're studying about the Civil War, like we can do a, you know, it'd be a two or three day trip up to Gettysburg. And not only, you know, we can listen to audio CDs on the way about the Civil War, about abraham lincoln about robert e lee about stonewall jackson about you know you know all the different the um you know what's going on in slaveries uh can learn about you know all that stuff in the car get out of the car stand on the battlefield you know look for old bullets uh go to some of the old houses and see where you know they were scarred by gunfight gunfire um, you know, and then, you know, come back down and not only, like you said, not only are you engaging your, uh, you know, eyes and ears and brain, but now you've got your sense of smell, you know, your feel, you got the wind, uh, you can really imagine it makes history really come to life. And, and the same thing with, uh, you know, any sort of thing that you want to do. I have a friend, um, who just took the year off, um, from, uh, well, it just took the year to travel the United States. And so they rented an RV and did their schoolwork every single day in the RV. But I just remember going up and of course, Disney world was a little bit different than it is right now, but you know, we'd go in October when, you know, everyone was in school and there'd be no lines or when the state fair was here, right. We'd go in the morning and you'd ride the terror wheel, you know, a thousand times. And then your friends from public school would get off like, Hey, let's go ride the terror wheel. I was like, well, I've already ridden it. Like, 20 times and there's a two hour wait to go right at once <laughs> you know so it really just gives you that flexibility and like i mentioned briefly at the beginning i wanted to be an engineer so we found a 12 person engineering company and i interned for them uh starting when i was 16 so wow during the school year i went one day a week i interviewed i was there one day a week working for him. In the summer, I worked full time. I was able to get engineering experience, worked on projects with Fortune 500 companies, uh, learned that I did want to be an engineer, but I did not want to be a computer engineer. Um, And if I had been in a school building, you know, eight hours a day, that opportunity wouldn't have been there for me. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to get that life experience. Maybe I would have gone to college and You know, I would have gone into computer engineering and three years into it, I'd have realized this isn't what I want to do, Um, you know, and had my mom called me up and said, hey, I want you to, you know, you got to pay for school yourself. Well, I probably wouldn't have gotten the best paying co-op job because I would have had a resume that didn't stand out, that didn't have that work experience on it. So, I mean, the flexibility of homeschooling is such a blessing. Our time here on earth is very limited. Seventy or eighty years, and uh, for me to think of like being forced um, eight hours a day to be in in one building day in and day out for twelve of your first eighteen years, versus the flexibility of being able to homeschool and to pursue life, pursue your passions. um, I think the choice is starkly clear.
0: Sure, sure. Well, and and this is where I think the uh, the public school system really fails their students, and that is whether or not uh, you're inclined to uh, have certain strengths. There are some children, uh, some people that are gonna be gifted in math. And I think they should be allowed to have as much math as they want. And, and what can we do to help them take those math skills and, and how are they gonna use that in their, in, in, uh, in their pursuits? there's some people who are going to be gifted in other areas let's say maybe it's going to be literature maybe it's going to be some other creative area and again that's what homeschool allows you know using your example you would not have had that opportunity in a public school system you would have to be there like you say eight hours a day and and and, and um and if for you to go and work uh during the school day you would have you'd have to jump through all these hoops and and maybe they would have let you maybe they wouldn't who knows all right real quick so we're getting short on time i want to talk about uh you wrote uh the uh, let me see if i can pull it up here because i want to talk about this um it is a dad's guide to classical education in under 15 minutes Uh, talk about the dad's guide
1: yeah so that's a free download for dads or moms can read it to grandparents Uh, But classical education, uh, when you first hear about it, uses a lot of strange terms. And so I really wanted to break it down into ways that is understandable and approachable to dads, especially. So I talk about uh, sports and how classical education is how we learn to play football and basketball and how Michael Jordan practices dribbling every day. And that's called the grammar stage. Uh, I talk about, uh, like we mentioned, like, why Latin? You know, who's employing these Latin people? Um, You know, uh, Mark Cuban, you know, is big on uh, the liberal arts and why it's so important. You know, Apple, uh, a lot of their executives won't let their kids touch technology because they know uh, it doesn't help them learn. It doesn't help their brain develop. Yet our public school teachers are fundraising for more iPads for their kindergartners. Um, And so why should we sacrifice our time effort as adults to give our children a classical education a dad's guide to classical education in under 15 minutes because we know you don't have a lot of time really breaks down why we do what we do the end results for your family for your children and how to help them flourish uh their entire life
0: yeah and this is so important you know we Again, here in our society, we stress the importance of education. You have to go to college, and, but yet we're not doing anything with those formidable years, formidable years, and, and, and we're not pressuring our government and our leaders to update the school system. And what's really funny is when you talk to, to public school teachers, they don't want to change anything either. They, they, they have no motivation to change things, which is one of the reasons they're pushing iPads, right? Hey, let's learn, you know, because it takes the stress off of them. And look, and I get it. If you're a teacher and you're responsible for, in some cases, 40 or 50 students in a class.
1: Yeah, my, my wife was a public school teacher for, I think, six or seven years. And she saw two to 300 different students per day. Wow. <sighs> And if you think of like Jim Collins and good to great yeah. and Patrick Lencioni, they say like one manager at work where you're paid to be and, you know, want to be because you um, should manage eight people. Maximum. To eight. Yeah. yeah. Maximum in Maximum. a business environment where both of you are in theory on the same page, right. trying to accomplish the same thing. One teacher cannot love 300 kids, no matter how much, effort and energy they put in it so they just get worn out it's not the teacher's fault necessarily it's the system has been just designed um and the teachers you know a lot of them are superheroes but even superman wouldn't be able to educate these kids because they're just put in a system that is not designed to educate them well uh, unfortunately so
0: yeah
1: uh, yeah i mean anything to help them out and the teachers aren't given good information about technology and why it's going to damage these children. They're, they're told by the system. It's a good thing. Right. Right. Um, and so uh, it's just a sad state and it's just going to perpetuate itself unless really we got to remove our kids out of that system and not let it happen to us and our families and show people that there's a better way to do it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So if, uh, if, I'm if I'm a dad or a mom, and I want to download or get a hold of the dad's guide to classical education, where can I go for that?
1: Yeah, so you can go to classicalconversationsbooks.com, long URL, uh, and just search Dad's Guide to Classical Education. It'll be a free PDF. I'm sure you could put it into your favorite search engine, whether it's DuckDuckGo or Bing or Google, um, and just search Dad's Guide to Classical Education, Robert Bortons, and I'm sure it'll pop up there as well. But classicalconversationsbooks.com will be your ultimate ending point for that.
0: Great, great. Classical conversations, go there. And Robert, it's been a blast having you on the show. I uh, I'm excited about classical conversations and it's yep. classical conversations.com. Or
1: classical conversations.com.
0: Dot com for you guys who want to go and check them out. Um, and it's, it's just a, 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 fabulous system. Like I said, I've met several parents who use classical conversations and you know it it's just to me it's something i wish i would have known about when i was uh, when i had young kids but anyway thank you so much for stopping by looking forward to having you back again
1: thank you so much and love to come back appreciate it hope everyone had fun all righty all right bye bye bye